It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. Welcome in to Locked On Auburn, a special, special show today. I hope everyone had a great 4th of July weekend. I'm Michael Pappas, in as always, and Zach Blackerby joining from the road. Zach, what state are you in? Uh, I think we're still in Kentucky. Yeah, we are still in Kentucky currently, but making our way back to the great state of Alabama. But uh, yeah, man, thanks for uh, holding things down in the studio, and this also kind of will break up my drive a little bit. So uh, we actually have some sports to talk about, bud. Yeah, we do. And before we get into it, shout out Leah. She's got to listen to you do half of a show right now. So shout out, you know, Leah, we appreciate you greatly. Oh, you're on speaker. She's hearing the whole thing. Okay, good. Okay, good. And uh, so is Charlotte. Charlotte's watching uh, her dad podcast for the first time. So what a time to be alive. Well, she'll probably remember this day for the rest of her life. She looks pretty passed out right now, but we'll see. We'll (laughs) see if she wakes up. So like, uh, but yeah, I mean, did you watch any of War Tampa on uh, on the fourth on Saturday? Yeah, I watched the beginning, uh, and then the game got away from them pretty quick there, and then it was just kind of on. Yeah, I I was uh, yeah, I expected to turn on the TBT and expect like really bad basketball, like borderline unwatchable basketball, especially early on. I mean, all these teams. I mean, that what they had like four days, like four practices yeah. to kind of get things right. And, you know, it takes a full off season, though. And some teams still take a few weeks to kind of get going. Mm-hmm. And uh, the game that was on before War Tampa played, Brotherly Love beat somebody. But I was shocked. I was totally impressed with how smooth they looked. And I'm like, cool. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be really fun. And then the War Tampa game starts. And it just is a disaster from the get go. I mean, they had no offense whatsoever. Bryce Brown just kind of started, like, you know, hammering threes. He made the first three of the game, scored Auburn or, or Auburn, wore Tampa's first five points of the uh, of the game, and then that was kind of it. But, I mean, yeah, lost 76-53 to 53 to House of Pain, and I guess that was just the, uh, the Illinois alumni team, which is cool, I guess. But Deshaun Murray was the best player on the court. You know, there's a lot of talk about mm-hmm. Bryce Brown, and, you know, he did some things defensively, but – Deshaun Murray, every time he touched the basketball and like drove in, I was like, why don't they do that more? He was awesome. He was awesome. Scored 13, five rebounds. And, you know, that's just kind of what we saw Deshaun Murray do in his short stint at Auburn before he transferred to Western Kentucky. It was okay. You know, he just kind of found ways to get uh, get into the stat sheet more and more, whether it was points in the paint, whether it was rebounding. He always kind of found a way, and you saw that on Saturday from Deshaun. Yeah, and it was one of those things where – you know, there's been all this kind of buildup and everything for for War Tampa, and it was cool seeing Bryce Brown and Horace Spencer and Deshaun Murray get out and, and play basketball again. But then, you know, it was just kind of like, this is it. We, you know, everyone, we yeah, all. Yeah, it was really anticlimactic because it's like, oh, it's over. It's single yeah. elimination, which is, you know, as intense as it gets. But Bryce Brown, eight points, two of 10 from the field, one of six from three. Yeah, he made his first one. That was about it. Horace Spencer, 6.6 rebounds, 3 for 7 from the field. That is a very Horace Spencer stat line. Horace tweeted after the game that he was, like, confused the whole game. It seemed Mm -hmm. like the the guys didn't really know what was going on. And it sounds like, uh, just kind of from player testimony afterwards, that the coach just kind of gave up on him. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, uh, we heard afterwards that the, the coach flew home and left all the players to, like, ride the bus or whatever 
it was, um, or drive the van, whatever. I mean, this is Auburn fans care a lot about Auburn players and former Auburn players, and and you saw that this season they all bought in behind this war Tampa team, and just to have it end so quick was just I don't know, it's just kind of a bummer, you know. Like you said, the basketball was better than you would have thought, and then now we're just kind of done. We're done. Yeah, I, I love that during the broadcast, they were like, yeah, Bruce Pearl was going to join us, but he didn't have uh, internet at his lake house. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, right, right. Auburn Twitter was cracking me up. People were like, yeah, yeah, Bruce doesn't have, you know, Wi-Fi at his, you know, million-dollar Lake Martin home. <laughs> he just doesn't want to talk to you guys. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, just – but I mean, it was fun. It was fun. Getting excited about a team playing a sport was fun. To do that I again agree. for the first time in a long time, that was that was a fun thing. Um, I kind of wish that it wasn't on the 4th of July. But see, I enjoyed that. I liked really. that aspect of it uh, personally. But I could see how, you know, if people were kind of grilling out or on the lake or something, you, you know, it'd be really hard to watch it. I just – my plans, we did, uh, we did 4th of July stuff – um, kind of around that, not on purpose. It just kind of worked out that mm-hmm. way. But yeah, I could see if that was, uh, if that was kind of in the middle of your your time. Yeah, I would totally get that. Yeah, absolutely. Do you uh, think that Amanda will be there for a full Auburn alumni team next year? Because I do. I think it will be. Yeah, but I mean, there aren't a lot of teams that actually have the full full alumni. Like, I mean, in this game, they played House of Pain, and that was supposed to be like the Illinois alumni team, and their best yeah. player went to South Dakota State. So, like, uh, Fair. maybe a majority Auburn alumni team, but I, I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to need guys from from other schools. I mean, this was I mean, we we talked about right three or four guys actually playing went to Auburn, and like this was. Everyone was like, yes, Auburn, war Tampa. That's true. No, you're right. You're right. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, funding and boosters and mm-hmm. all of that, you know, and Auburn fans and former Auburn players were super supportive financially of war Tampa. Um, the, the coaches did not get them in the right spots and communication was bad. And ultimately the product is really bad for war Tampa, but, uh, you know, we'll see what that looks like next year. I think the, I think that desire and hunger is there. I also wonder how much that desire is going to be there when the NBA would normally be playing or, you know, Major League Baseball would normally be playing or you'd actually have a real college football offseason to be talking about. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it it may take a backseat to all this other stuff like it has the last several years. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. What did you think about their processes and them kind of being the guinea pig as far as the whole sports bubble for a league uh, during this pandemic? I think it's weird that a, you know, like it's the basketball tournament is the one who has to be the guinea pig. But, I mean, it sounds like it's going pretty well. I know it won't be as as highly covered as as the NBA or the MLB or anything like that will be. But, I mean, we haven't heard that they're having major issues that I know of. And, I mean, it seems like their little quarantine bubble is going pretty well. Yeah, obviously less people involved. um, But... I think the biggest thing of why it's going to work and probably be okay is the fact that it's like 10 days, like in mm-hmm. the 14th, mm-hmm. um, you know, just listen to some NBA podcasts and just kind of national shows. I think the big thing for the NBA bubble is going to be mentally. I mean, how much can you just be away from your kids and your family and just kind of be stuck in this bubble? If you're the NBA, you know, are you, are you going to be okay kind of sacrificing, you know, a few months of your life to be stuck there? 
And you know, with with the with the basketball tournament with TBT, you don't have to worry about that. It's it's ten days. It's like a fun little summer camp if you're some yeah. of these guys. Um, and, and I think that is a big factor that's not really being discussed. But we'll um, we'll see, Michael. Um, so Leah and I went to go see her dad uh, over in uh, in Mansfield, Ohio, and he had this. Uh, he's been working on this this old VW Bug. It's like a 1976. Uh, Volkswagen Bug. It's a beautiful car, beautiful car, but he's missing some parts for it. And he's like, none of the places around here have anything for it. And then you know what I told him to do? If you don't say that you told him to go to rockauto.com, I'm going to be angry. I, I told him exactly. Go to rockauto.com. And I, I kind of broke it down for him like this. And we've done the reads for this, mm-hmm. but it's so true. You know, uh, people, you know, the brick and mortar stores, they're going to be kind of limited on what parts that they can carry. And it makes sense. You know, people aren't going to be walking in with a 76 VW bug every day. So you're not going to carry the parts for it. But rockauto.com, they carry everything all the time and they ship it to you right directly to your door. And it's so easy and it's quick and it's cheap. You know, you compare their, you can compare their prices to other automotive stores online. It's not even close. It's easy to navigate. So highly encourage you to check out rockauto.com. You can write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Michael, I know it's a weekend and you love uh, to use fetch me delivery over your uh, over your weekend. Did that, uh, did that count over your longer holiday weekend? It did. I didn't use them actually on the 4th. You know, I don't want to take up too much of their time. Hopefully they're getting to spend time with their families also, but I actually, sure. you know, I ended up having to use them this morning. I was running a little late for... Uh, uh, for for getting ready to to fill in for you on your show and getting everything ready for that, so I had to leave my apartment before I got to eat, and so I was like, "Hey, I'll just I'll just fetch me something to, to the station." And so Dude, that I, is brilliant. I've I never did even that. Thought about that before? Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it, it was absolutely incredible. Shout out, fetch me twenty for your first delivery free or two five off for twenty five percent off your order. We're talking about food a little bit. We actually had some quote-unquote sports to talk about this past weekend. Not Auburn-related, but we'll tie it to an Auburn topic in just a moment. But Joey Chestnut set a record eating 75 hot dogs on July 4th. That is ridiculous. And uh, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that, Michael. But just a fun little topic here. What Auburn player would you nominate to partake in the hot dog eating contest? Uh, I mean, Tyron Truesdale. That's a big, I mean, defensive lineman's the first thing that comes to mind, right? Yeah, you, you got to go with one of those guys. I, I, I want to say someone asked Marlon about this last year, and he was said that it was going to be like Derek because he's a fat boy or something. Because um, <laughs> that was, I mean, that was what they kept doing, right? They kept just calling each other fat. Uh, right. It, so, I mean, you got to go D line. I don't know who else it would be. I feel like Big Cat has a super intense metabolism. Yeah, but that's not really like I mean, that doesn't that's not a huge factor. Like some of the comp- competitors some of the competitors in uh No, cuz you're eating too you don't digest it right away. That's fair. Yeah, it's just how much you fit in your stomach. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe an offensive lineman? Someone like yeah. Bradarius Ham with a name like Bradarius Ham. You I hope that guy can that eat. That boy can eat, right? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I don't know. I thought that'd be fun to talk about just for a second. But who do you think would get last? I feel like Bo Nix would be towards the bottom. 
I he, I feel like he's too competitive. He would he would he might be last because he threw up, which was because he tried to eat too much too quickly. Uh, I, I just I think he he's got too much of that competitive fire they talk about with quarterbacks, and and he would find a way to like not just to not be last. I think you got to go with like the walk on punter. Like Will Hastings, I feel like Will Hastings would have definitely gotten the last. I mean, he's got the agility. Yeah. You know, the food might make it from from the the plate to his mouth really quickly, but I mean, he's <laughs> he's just so small. Do you think Will Hastings has ever eaten a full meal in his life? Yeah, I mean, okay, probably. All right, all right. All right. Hey, let's get to some Twitter questions next, right here on Locked On Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Michael Pappas, we got a, uh, a Twitter question from DJ Sledge, which I think is cool. All right, he said two questions. How good is Auburn in 2017? I'm sorry, how good is Auburn with 2017 Stidham playing quarterback for Auburn in 2019? So you take 2017 Stidham and put him on last year's team. How different is the season? Mm, I feel, still feel like it's pretty similar, I got to say. I mean – yeah, the big question is, can he help you over the hump against LSU, right? Like, that's the big question. Yeah, and that may be, that may be true, uh, and Florida is similar. I guess having that experience for f- going into the swamp would be would be really nice. Um, and I don't know if he puts you over the top against LSU. I mean, LSU had a – the game looks different. That's the tough part. You know, and we talk about how good this defense is, but part of the reason that the defense was so good is because they knew – how much every point mattered that they were giving up, right? And right. you know, if if the offense puts up fourteen early, well, then we could we might be looking at you know a bit more of a shootout with LSU, and that's not where you want to be against LSU last season. So probably better. I but how much I don't know how much better was Stidham in twenty seventeen than Knicks was this year? I mean, I know the numbers were better. Does he add one win? Auburn's one win better. They were just so close, you know, against Florida and LSU, mm-hmm. but, or even Minnesota. You know, like could you, could you do that? Yeah, and, uh, I, don't I don't know. know. Nick's just looked really bad in Florida. Like he looked yeah. really, really bad. And that was his first one, if I remember correctly. That was his first game in hostile territory. Yep. Like that is a lot for an eighteen-year-old kid to deal with. So you know, I'm not criticizing him in that regard, but. You know, what would have an old, an older, more experienced Stidham, even though he hadn't really played a whole lot. He had that one year at Baylor before 2017, but does it look different? Uh, I, I think it does add one more win. I mean, you know, we're talking about a highly touted Juco transfer player that a lot of teams really, really wanted versus a true freshman. It's going to look a little different at the quarterback position. Um, but, you know, you got to think about that. Jared Stidham, 2017 Jared Stidham had uh, a really good Ryan Davis. He had a really good Darius Slate that he felt comfortable with. And also, kind of, you know, the, the guy who won SEC Offense Player of the Year, on Johnson. So, I mean, those are some things where it's like, how much of that did that help him? 
I've been on a lot of Patriot shows and a lot of, you know, uh, shows up in, in, in the northeastern part of the country uh, kind of asking about, you know, the Patriot quarterback situation comparing Jarrett Siddham and Cam Newton. And they asked me, all of them asked me, like, all right, so who do you got? And my answer is Cam and all of those because Cam always had the ability to turn it on. You, you and I making that 2010 documentary mm-hmm. that we plug um, a lot. But it's like that team almost lost a ton. But whenever it needed to drive at the end of the game, Cam Newton was able to do that. And when you think back with Stidham, Stidham was not able to do that. Um, he had the chance against Mississippi State and didn't do it. Had the chance against LSU and didn't do it. Um, had the chance against UCF and didn't do it. I mean, every time you're like, all right, Jarrett, let's do it. Let's get that game-winning drive on your resume. And it never really happened. So that's um, that's kind of my thoughts on that. Do you have anything else you want to add to that? Um, not to be honest, not really. I think I think you you said it all. Cool. That was pretty good. Yeah. All right, DJ Sledge's other question: Which package of wins is more impressive, 2013 Georgia and Bama, or 2017 wins versus Georgia and Bama? I'm going 2017. I mean, you beat two number one ranked mm-hmm. teams in the span of a month. Um, that's, I mean. That may not ever happen again. That may happen again for a long, long time. And that's a big, big deal. Yeah, I'm also going 2017 because those were beatdowns. Like, those two games were not even really ever in question. Um, uh, Auburn went out and just, just, I mean, I, maybe not dominated, but, like, I mean, it, it it felt like they were dominating, even if it didn't look like it on the scoreboard. Um, 2013, obviously, those were both really close games that it felt like Auburn might lose late in the game. Um the, the 2017 Georgia and Bama were just incredible wins over number one teams. Yeah, yeah, both. Yeah, I mean, the, and I, I think 2017, those packages of wins, I think it kind of legitimized Gus Malzahn, right? I think a lot of people before 2017, before those two wins started, and, you know, you think back to what Auburn was like going into that Georgia game. I mean, a lot of Auburn fans were still really upset about the LSU outcome a few weeks prior with that big mm-hmm. lead in Baton Rouge. You finally get a chance to kind of break this streak and you fall apart. And there was a lot of people upset with how Malzahn handled it at the end, telling reporters like, hey, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. He's like, if we went out, we control our own destiny. And he was right. He got into yep. the SEC championship game. So I think, I think the package of wins in 2017 legitimized Gus Malzahn's tenure at Auburn. And I think it allowed, you know, the Iron Bowl from last year to kind of look at it and like, oh, that wasn't a fluke either. So I think that's, um, you know, as far as like creating a culture, those two wins in 2017 were huge. Hey, we're uh, we're running a little bit out of time, Michael. Give us uh, give us an update of kind of some recruiting stuff that happened over the weekend. I know uh, this weekend was big for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, a couple guys uh, committing and things. Latrell Neville goes to Nebraska. That's what we all kind of thought was going to happen. Uh, Amarius Mims moves up his commitment date. It was going to be in October. He's moved it up. Uh, Auburn probably not going to get him. I mean, the, the, the prevailing theory is that it's going to be Georgia. Uh, he's from Georgia, but, you know, we don't know. Auburn is definitely pushing hard for him. But Auburn's got a pretty good tackle class. I think they want to take one more. But Amarius Mims is a guy that you take no matter what. Um, so I, I know Auburn, from everything that I've read, is all over him. This, this could come down to the end. Uh, and then yesterday, I believe Smile Smile Munden, I think is how you say his name. He's a five-star linebacker. 
Um, he releases his top five, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, LSU, and Tennessee. Uh, it looks like it's a Georgia-Tennessee-Auburn battle in here for Smile Munden. I think he really likes T-Will. That's what I've read. That's what I've kind of... I don't know, gathered from everything is that he's a big T-Will fan. I, I, I think he Keith, really... Uh, Keith with Auburn Undercover, he had a, a write-up when he announced the top five yesterday about how Munden and T-Will really bonded over music. They're both really mm-hmm. into music. And, you know, we, we talked about T-Will's rapping abilities on the show more than once. So I think that's... Um, I think that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And a number of these recruits that I've seen that really like T-Will... Um, have said that like his interest in non-football stuff is like one of the reasons they really like relate to him and why they really like him. Uh, so that's definitely, I mean, smile Munden is definitely someone to watch. Definitely a guy who they're going to hold the spot for no matter what. And you know, if, if he wants to come to Auburn, they will welcome him with open arms and with a name like smile. Why would you not? Why would you not? That's true. That's true. Yeah. A lot of crystal balls have Georgia, for what it's worth, Keith, who we both think is the best in the business, he put out uh, his predicting the final um, the final signing class of this year. He had him in it, um, so we'll um, we'll see what happens with that. That'd be a, that'd be a huge get for Auburn for sure. Um, he could be the guy I throw in Papo. You would think, right? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We will see. Uh, I'm pumped. I'm absolutely pumped. You Do can you think f- him moving it up matters. For Auburn? Smile? Yeah. Smile didn't move anything up. He was supposed to commit. Oh, okay. He was supposed to commit in June, actually, and then. Oh, it's Mims that moved it up. My yeah. Bad. He was supposed yeah. to commit in June, and I actually read that people think that because of Auburn's emergence in the race, it was why Smile didn't commit in June. I think it's more likely that he wants to take more visits. I mean, that's what all these guys are saying. They want to see the campuses. They want to know where they're going to spend the next three or four years. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I've got, Zach. You got anything else? Um, Cam Newton is, uh, is officially in New England. He passes physical. And uh, he arrived, he arrived uh, to Foxborough very fashionable. Uh, so I think that's important to point out. All right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. <laughs> follow Zach on Twitter at ZBlackerby. Follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnAuburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We will be back with you tomorrow. Zach, drive safe. Thanks, buddy. Bye. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.